Hey, I'm Adam Christou, in for Kyle Paletto this week. Welcome to Walkthrough, Sifter's weekly recap on the biggest news in gaming. Each Sunday, we'll take you through the biggest updates, exciting reveals, and controversies in video games. Here's the news for Sunday, 19th of June. Let's go. The never-ending It's Not E3 online streaming events, game trailers, and reveals continued this week, with Xbox and Bethesda's showcase in the early AM hours of Monday morning. In case you didn't get up early to catch the news, here's all the big announcements. At the very end of the showcase was the big announcement everyone was waiting for. A proper, deep dive into Bethesda's upcoming space-based RPG, Starfield. Here's Bethesda's Todd Howard. We're so grateful you're spending the time, and we know you've waited a long time, to finally see Starfield. Uh, It's easily our most ambitious game ever. Like our previous games, it's an epic role-playing game where you get to be who you want and go where you want. But this time, you'll be exploring space. We can't wait for all of you to experience the game. It's been an incredible journey for us making it, but we know that's really only the beginning, for it's when all of you play it that the real journey begins. We got to see quite a bit of on-foot exploration on very drab, grey-looking planets and moons. We saw some combat, which was a bit choppy, Um, It is a work in progress, so, you know, that's fine. And we got some very retro-looking perks and skill trees that Bethesda have been promoting as a return to classic character sheets, but to me, look a little bit like Fallout 4. Starfield will include base building and even customizable ship building, ship-to-ship combat, and promised 1,000 worlds to be able to land on and explore. Those are pretty big promises, and that is a game with a massive scope. We'll see if Starfield lives up to expectations when it comes out in 2023. Exclusive to Xbox and PC and day one through Games Pass. Love Metroidvanias, love bugs, I know I do. And it's good news for me and for you because we were finally treated to new footage from Adelaide Studio Team Cherry's upcoming game Hollow Knight Silksong. The combat looks speedy, fast and more acrobatic with main character Hornet bouncing off enemies and deploying a variety of traps and special tools to attack enemies with. No release date was given, but Xbox says it'll be out in the next 12 months. And a big one. There's a new Games Pass partnership with Riot Games. We're bringing our biggest PC and mobile games to Game Pass. Subscribers will unlock every champion on League and Wild Rift, all Valorant agents, select cards in Legends of Runeterra, and little legends in Teamfight Tactics. And that's just the start. Thank you for coming on this journey with us, and welcome to Riot Games. This one's a big deal. It'll work across both PC and mobile apps, so it sounds like you'll be linking your Riot and Microsoft accounts together to make this work. Will League of Legends come to the Xbox Series X? Your guess is as good as mine, but it looks much more likely than it did last week. Arcane gave us some new and expanded gameplay footage of their upcoming cooperative vampire shooter game, Redfall. It's vampire-themed and looked mighty shooty and very boomy. It kind of has a bit of a Borderlands energy about it, more so than, say, um, a Left 4 Dead sort of energy. So I'm intrigued by this one. It'll be out in 2023. Squanch Games unveiled High on Life, a surreal-looking first-person shooter, complete with neon-glowing environments, talking weapons, and strange bouncing creatures. It comes from the mind of Justin Roiland, best known for creating Rick and Morty. We also got some footage from Asobo Studios' A Plague Tale Requiem, the forthcoming sequel to 2019's A Plague Tale Innocence. 
Requiem will continue the story of siblings Amicia and Hugo from the first game, as they stealth past enemies, solve puzzles, and try not to get eaten by hungry, plague-mad rats. Requiem will be out towards the end of 2022. And vroom vroom, car fans get ready. The next part of the Xbox showcase was all about Forza Motorsport, which will be out in 2023. There'll be ray tracing. It's uh, most likely going to be a slight reboot of the motorsport franchise based on the name, uh, which is just Forza Motorsport. And it's the more simulation-style racing arm of the Forza series. So um, very technical, very for people that like to really hone in on which tire is on their car. It's going to be a little bit different to Horizon's more, I guess, arcade style of racing. You know, that sort of woo-woo, <laughs> racing down a volcano in a sandstorm, and now we're parachuting out of a plane style uh, that you might find in that game. Overwatch 2 is on the way. It'll be out on October 4 in an early access format on both PC and Xbox, with a free-to-play model supporting it, which means out with the loot boxes and in with a battle pass, and hopefully not some of the really creepy, weird incentives that we saw in Diablo Immortal. The team also announced a brand new character to the roster, the Mad Max-inspired Australian character, Junker Queen. Junker Queen will be a tank-based character, and I won't lie, the character design and overall aesthetic here is pretty cliche and lazy. It seems to be the go-to sort of Australian character that you see in a sort of futuristic game where this country always ends up bombed Mad Max style into some sort of like post-apocalyptic hellscape. But there you go. But at least they've cast an Australian actor to play Junker Queen, the ex-Neighbours star Seho Ellsmore. Speaking of, we've got more details about Diablo 4 and a rough release window sometime in 2023. Blizzard unveiled a new class for the game, the return of the series' iconic Necromancer, who will once again be able to command a horde of undead minions and cast many gross-looking blood and bone spells. We also got a look at some new gameplay footage, including big co-op events, open-world zones, and the announcement that the game would be both cross-play and cross-progression on PC and consoles. It'll be available day one on Games Pass, and fans of console Diablo 3 rejoice, It'll have couch co-op gameplay too. Scorn is a previously announced Xbox exclusive. It's a strange-looking horror first-person survival game by Serbian team Ebb Software. It has a very sort of icky, HR Geiger-inspired art style. It's very gross and cool-looking, visceral. Think squishy and fleshy. It comes out on October 21 and will be a day one Games Pass title. We got some gameplay footage from New Zealand studio A44's forthcoming action game Flintlock, The Siege of Dawn. Players will take on the role of Nor and her mysterious animal companion Enki, a portal-jumping fox, in an open-world action RPG adventure. It follows their previous cult hit, Ashen, which was a very soulsy sort of game. I, I had a lot of fun with it when it came out in 2019. Microsoft revealed another Minecraft spin-off, Minecraft Legends which is being developed by Blackbird Interactive. It looks to be a mix of action and strategy elements, and it'll be out at some point in 2023. Footage showed Minecraft characters hacking and slashing away. The plot? Demonic-looking piglins have arrived to corrupt the overworld from the realm of the nether. I know nothing about Minecraft, but that sounds kind of fun. Obsidian, the beloved RPG studio now owned by Microsoft, announced a brand new narrative RPG, Pentiment. Set in 16th century Bavaria, you'll play as artist Andrash Mela during a time of social upheaval. Pentiment is being directed by Josh Sawyer, 
best known for his work as director of Fallout New Vegas and the Pillars of Eternity series. And Grounded, Obsidian's team-based survival crafting adventure game with a very Honey, I Shrunk the Kids style plot will leave early access this September. It'll be day one on Games Pass, so get ready to grab your friends, jump into the backyard, shrink down, and fight a bunch of spiders. It actually looks really fun. There were heaps more announcements and releases teased during the Xbox and Bethesda event, but we just couldn't fit them all in here. Check the show notes for a link back to watch the event on YouTube. Here's some big news, one that I've been dreaming about for nearly a decade. Capcom have announced that Dragon's Dogma will finally be getting a sequel. Here's Capcom's Hiraki Itsuno. Dragon's Dogma 2, The 2012 action RPG is a cult favorite and masterpiece. It's definitely a cult favorite of mine. That game was weird and amazing. It was an open-world RPG game filled with weighty action combat that allowed you to climb onto mythical beasts and cast massive awe-inspiring spells. You could also just, like, pick anything and anyone up. Like, you could pick up NPCs and throw them off cliffs if you wanted to. It was super bonkers. It also had this very great mechanic, which was a strange romance system in the game that would determine your love interest based on how often you interacted with a particular NPC, which meant that a lot of people got to the end of the game and found themselves married to the ugly shopkeeper that they would routinely sell their items to. And that is just amazing. So I'm very excited that we're getting Dragon's Dogma 2. When is it coming out, though? We don't have a release date yet, but we do know that it's being built in Capcom's RE engine. Surely that's enough game announcements. Nope. Wait, we have more. Square Enix held a 25 years of Final Fantasy VII anniversary livestream. More like livestream, am I right? In the wee hours of Friday morning Australia time, and it was actually a pretty good one. Here is Final Fantasy VII series executive producer Yoshinori Kitase outlining the next chapter of the remake series. Final Fantasy VII remake project の第2作目にあたる That was the first look of Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, the second title in the Final Fantasy VII Remake project. The team has come together and are currently working hard on the development. Since the announcement of the Final Fantasy VII Remake project, we have said that it would play out over multiple parts, but I can now announce that the complete project will be a three-part series made up of Final Fantasy VII Remake, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, and one final title. So I invite you to look forward to the upcoming Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, and I hope everyone will stay with us until the exciting conclusion of the project further down the line. For 25 years, the team have strived to bring joy and entertainment to all our fans out there, and we will continue to do so into the future. Game director Tetsuya Nomura said in a statement to Twitter that Rebirth was being designed so that people can enjoy the game, whether they know the original or not and that he'd already begun work on a third game in the trilogy. Also announced by Square Enix was a very flashy HD remaster of Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core, now titled Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion, because JRPG names must be long and very unwieldy to say out loud. It's a prequel to Final Fantasy VII and fleshes out the story of Zack Fair, a Shinra soldier who dreamt of making first class and has some ties to both Cloud and Aerith, with a massive graphics overhaul, but a commitment to the original game's core gameplay. Crisis Core's remake will be coming to the Switch, PlayStation 4 and 5, PC, Xbox One, and Series X and S, and will be out towards the end of the year. 
There's also the mobile chibi remake of the classic Final Fantasy VII, which is being called Final Fantasy VII Ever Crisis. And honestly, it sounds like a bit of a marketing plan for making new spin-offs in the Final Fantasy universe. The overworld gameplay looks cute and super deformed, but battles look high-res using similar models to the FF7 remake, but with what looks like custom skins for Tifa and Aerith, so we'll see if this is indeed Microtransaction City. Gosh, I wonder if we're going to get a Dirge of Cerberus remake at this rate. Probably not though, hey? Wholesome Direct, a cute event that showcases some of the nicer games coming out in the world of gaming, held its showcase for the year, and there was a lot to look forward to if you want to break from conflict, guns, and boomy shooty things in your games. One of our favourite titles from a couple years ago was Coffee Talk by Indonesian studio Toge Productions, and a little bit more of the sequel Coffee Talk Episode 2, Hibiscus and Butterfly, was shown with a release date for 2023. Spirit Swap, Lo-Fi Beats to Match 3-2 is a cute Match 3 game featuring a cast of characters in a magical modern world. Text your lovers and then connect blocks with them. Cool soundtrack for this one, so keep an eye out for it next year as well. Taroa is a cool game from Aotearoa New Zealand-based developer Atawai Interactive, which puts you in the body of an albatross as you soar through beautiful skies. And one of the cooler and quirkier titles was Freshly Frosted, a puzzle game that gets you to build the best donut Rube Goldberg machine possible. It's hypnotic to watch and feels like the perfect chill-out game after a long day at work. That's it for news. Here are the games releasing this week. Sonic Origins, a new remastered collection of Sonic classics including Sonic 1, Sonic CD, Sonic 2, and Sonic 3 and Knuckles, releases on all major platforms on June 23. It's also coinciding with all those games getting delisted across other shop fronts, so hopefully it's good. Fall Guys, Ultimate Knockout. Remember that game? It feels like it came out at least two pandemics ago. It's relaunching as a free-to-play title on June 21 and also makes its Xbox and Nintendo Switch console debuts. Capcom fans, if by any chance you don't already have 10 copies of these games, the Capcom Fighting Collection comes to Xbox One, PlayStation 4, and Nintendo Switch, which includes classics like Street Fighter 2, Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo, and Darkstalkers The Night Warriors. That'll be available this Friday. Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes, the Musou fighting game sequel to Fire Emblem Three Houses, is out on Nintendo Switch this Friday. I'm pretty excited about this one. Fire Emblem Three Houses was a very fun tactical RPG with a great cast of characters, a real breath of fresh air for the Fire Emblem franchise, which came out in 2019. This is sort of like a, a kind of weird sort of sequel, but will be taking on all of that great Musou fighting game kind of combat instead of the more turn-based tactical battles. So you can expect to be button mashing wild giant combos through massive battlefields in third person and all your favorite characters from Fire Emblem Three Houses are back, including everyone's most hated Lorenz. So I'm really looking forward to that dude being back in my life again. Wonderful. You can pick that up on Friday the 24th and look forward to a review from me on Mainstream pretty soon. If you've got 15 minutes, we'll catch you up on the gaming news each Sunday on Walkthrough. This has been Walkthrough by Sifter. My name is Adam Christou, and thank you so much for listening this week. Sifter is produced by Nicholas Kennedy, Fiona Bartholomew, Kyle Paletto, Daniel Ang, and me, Adam Christou. 
Mitch Lowe is our senior producer, and Gianni Di Giovanni is our executive producer. Thanks to Brian Fairbanks from Salty Dog Sounds for composing the walkthrough theme tune. And thank you to Omni Studio for their support of Sifter's three podcasts. If you want to support some independent video games journalism, why not head to the Sifter store and pick up some video game inspired t-shirts. They've been designed and made in Australia. That address is sifter.store or go to sifter.com.au and click merch at the top. It really helps us get to events and cover more titles, so your support by buying some cool shirts is always appreciated. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back with more news next Sunday.